Welcome to Speak It On. This program is designed for the edification and entertainment of the listeners and not designed to be representative of a church, nonprofit organization, or denomination. Opinions expressed are solely those of the host. Welcome back. So I was asked a question. Somebody put a interesting question to me, and that was this. It had to do with forgiveness and forgiveness of sin, specifically. And really asking, so like, how does God forgive us? How does God forgive us? Now, it's first probably good to look at a division, all right? So a person, before they're saved, before they know Jesus, before they have a relationship with the living God, all right, are in uh, what's traditionally thought of a state of sin, all right? Now, what that's like is something like this. Uh, Let's say that sometime during your life, you know, or a person's life, they do something bad. And when they do that, it poisons them. And it may be something simple. It may be something as simple as stealing a candy bar or a pen from somebody. Now, this this is going to sound kind of out there, but it's it's true in this way. And they know it's wrong, okay, but they do it anyway. So that poison lasts forever, and it kills you. We look back in biblical studies at the Garden of Eden, and by the way, Contrary to some theological beliefs and thought processes, sex was not the original sin. No. And it was God's disobedience having to do with the fruit of the tree, which, by the way, there is no biblical proof that that was an apple. Alright? But the thing is, it was a tree, had fruit, God said don't, Eve did, and then Adam did, and it did him in. All right. In fact, unfortunately, it did. It brought sin into the world, and did everybody in, even the planet. So, huge thing. Now, there's kind of different beliefs, different thought processes on sin. All right, because people look at that. Adam's sin, and they say, oh, well, Adam's, uh, basically because he screwed up, we all bite it, and we're all guilty at that point, so we're born in sin, all right? And that was kind of Augustine's belief, St. Augustine the uh, Catholic uh, theologian forefather, all right? 
and that uh, pretty much Adam just ruined it for us. Okay. The complication, there's some complications with that process. And I'm not going to go into that. But let me just say this. That sin, in many ways, is like a fatal poison. And I, I use that analogy because it makes, at least for me, the most sense. Because... There's some poisons you take, and you only take them once, and that's it. It's over. And pretty much, that's the way sin is. And, it, and sin is sin. It's something you do wrong that God says don't do. Pretty much. And can be small, can be great. But it dooms the person. It dooms the person spiritually and physically, because God can't be where sin cannot be in the presence of God. Why? Because it burns up. You can't. It just can't. Now, this is a simplification, alright? But, so we've got this poison. Then, when someone accepts Jesus... When someone gives their life to God through Jesus, says, Yes, I believe you paid the price for my sin. That's why you came, and that's why I belong to you from now on. And I'm going to do what you say because I care about you and because you cared about me and you came. And I'm going to... So once you believe in Jesus, become a believer, a disciple of his... You enter into a relationship with the living God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. Boom. Now, here's the thing. The sin is gone at that point because Jesus is the cure. Why is he the cure? Because he makes you a new creature. Now, he does that by giving you a new spirit within you. Obviously, we still got the same bodies. This body we have, as long, along with this world, is still, unfortunately, corruptible because sin affects that. And, by the way, because we're still hanging around in this body, after you're saved, you still can commit a sin. But here's the difference. The difference is, is that Jesus has already paid the price for every sin that you've done. So what do we do? What do we do? And the question that was posed to me is this question. And that was a very long introduction, but it, but it, was a, it went this way. It went, why do I have to... Ask forgiveness again. If, if I accepted Jesus and I have a relationship with him and he's forgiven my sins, then why in the world do I have to ask him again for forgiveness? That makes no sense to me. You know, I don't, I don't understand. Well, here's, here's the complication. Jesus did pay for every sin we have. But after we're saved and we belong to him, 
God still needs us to realize that we've sinned against him. We have to agree. And if you want to look at a scripture on that, look at 1 John, book of 1 John. And right now, 1 John chapter 1, verse 7, it says, But if we walk in the light... As he is in the light, we have fellowship with one another, and the blood of Jesus, his son, cleanses us from all sin. Yeah. And if we say we have no sin, we deceive ourselves, and the truth isn't in us. And if we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. If we say we have not sinned, we make him a liar. And his word's not in us. So, so the upshot is, is that if you commit a sin after you become a believer, after you're a Christian, uh, even though I, you know, I shy away from the term, but a little bit. But after you become in a relationship with Jesus, after you sin, you still commit sins. You still have to get with that moment and 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 confess it to God is that to is is that so that um because it's you know like sitting on our heads is you know did we sip some poison again well in in a way because what happens is this if you sin after you have a relationship with God God says look I discipline those I love. And if you have a relationship with him, he loves you a lot. And like a good father, he will get your attention that you have done something wrong. And if you don't confess that, it brings discipline upon you. And that discipline, depending, hopefully, is not very harsh but it can be depending on your attitude and you know how you're approaching it so it's a matter of agreeing with god yes i've sinned this is wrong i'm you know and i believe jesus you know died for this sin as well and he washes that off of you so it's like, I guess you can look at it something like this. Before we know Jesus, before we're saved, we've got poison on the inside that's permanent and it'll kill us forever. All right? That's that sin. Jesus is the antidote. After we're saved, when we sin, we get poison on the outside. And it can scar us, maim us, <laughs> and it's bad. Well, when we confess it to God and we agree with him and we say thank you that Jesus died for this sin too, then he can wash that poison off of the outside. So it's better. Now, that is the best way, I think, I can kind of capsulize that now why does why does that matter well it matters because all sin is something that 
is a problem with our relationship with God, whether we're saved or not saved. And believe me, saved people, people who are believers, disciples in Jesus, still sin. In fact, the Bible says here, you know, 1 John says, if we say we have not sinned, we make him a liar. And his word's not in us, see? And God doesn't take that very well when you call him a liar. And if you belong to him, he's going to let you know, no, he's not a liar. And he's going to explain it to you. And it's going to be kind of, it can be rather harsh, unless your attitude's in the right place. So, with that thought in mind, it's not necessarily a salvation issue. In fact, it's not a salvation issue. There are people who believe that when you sin, okay, now you're not saved. Oh, well, I, I ask forgiveness, now I am saved. I'm saved and I lost and 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 saved and I lost. Listen, uh, mm, I, don't, I don't buy that. And the reason I don't buy that is because, because salvation is a, is a long-term relationship. It's an adoption. You belong to God. In his family, he you you were a slave. In fact, you still are. But God made you a son or a daughter. Now there are people that have rocky relationships with mom and dad. That happens. But God, the Father, Jesus, absolutely, positively promises He will never stop loving you. Ever. Just like he will never stop loving his people, Israel. He never, ever will stop. And we don't always do things the way that he would like us to do. And that keeps him from blessing us and keeps us from being effective for him. But the good good news is there's always an out. And God is eager to forgive people sometimes uh, feel like he's a divine policeman if you ever read J.B. Phillips uh, book uh, Your God is Too Small it's not a very big book and it basically outlines a lot of opinions people have of God one of them is he's the divine policeman just waiting to get you you know sitting there on the side of the road in, in, in the patrol car just ready to just nail you and that's not it God cannot tolerate sin. He cannot. Because that's his very being, his very essence, cannot allow sin in his presence. So, he has to judge it. It's, there's no two ways about it. If you want to say something you know, God has to do, well, he has to do that. The other thing, though, is that he always wants to forgive. The Bible over and over and over makes it very, very clear that God rushes to forgive. Like the prodigal son, the dad ran to that guy, ran to him. Even though it it was an indignity, he ran, gathered up his clothes and ran to that son and threw his arms around him. And that could just as easy be a daughter, okay? God is eager to forgive, but he does not give sin a pass. Whether you're saved or lost, the wages of sin is 
death. It's bad. So that's why we have to come to terms after we're saved and tell them, you know, I really am sorry, and yes. Now, when is a good time? When is a good time to do a, kind of a, an accounting thing with God on your behavior? A lot of people do it first thing in the morning. Some people do it at night. Some people do it morning and night. I think the answer is do it as often as you need. They asked a rabbi one time, when's a good time uh, to repent? And he says, repent the day before you die. And they said to the rabbi, well, I don't know what day I'm going to die. He said, well, okay. (laughs) Then you better repent as often as you need to. Wise, wise, wise stuff. Never never cease to amaze me. The wonderful, wise teachings that are in, in Jewish scriptures and in the commentaries on the scriptures as well. So, with that in mind, I want to encourage you to keep on keeping on. Thank you for listening to this edition of Speak It On. If you would like to support this ministry, then please go to Patreon under L.A. Blackburn. May God bless every effort you make to do His will in His Word.